Welcome to the Human Design Collective Podcast, where we explore this system as a unique map of our potential, from the mundane to the mystical. If you're looking to dive deeper into human design, we will be offering Living Your Design and Rave ABCs this fall, and registration is now open for Rave Cartography beginning July 21st, 2021. You can learn more about our courses and workshops at courses.humandesigncollective.com. Most of our episodes focus mainly on human design, though occasionally we bring in practitioners who specialize in other modalities to share some additional perspectives and study the intersection of this system with other views. So today we meet again with astrologer, destiny card master, and musician Rosie Cutter. She shares her view on current events and patterns she's seeing in her own reading practice. As a natural entertainer and storyteller, she brings her enthusiasm and unique perspective to themes we are tracking through the human design knowledge. Rosie is a 1-3 sacral generator with entirely individual channel definition, who is creating simple and efficient tools for understanding how to support our natural gifts and growth. We hope you enjoy the show. We're excited to talk with you because it's been such an interesting year with everything that's been going on, everything that we started talking about last year with COVID and, and all these different events that are happening. And I know that for both John and I in this last year, there's been such a surge of people looking for guidance, looking for help, consulting, you know, these different modalities that we all use. And and I imagine your practice has been really busy and full as well. So we were excited to get to kind of jam out with you on what we're all seeing and, and the people that we're talking to. So we'd love to hear what you're seeing on the front lines in terms of what people are looking for and how they're handling what we've been going through. Yeah, well, first of all, definitely met a bunch of amazing new fractals and people through our last interview. So thank you so much. And it it gives me a lot of hope for humanity because people are reaching out. Mm -hmm. I will say that the confusion is at its height. I don't think that that's ever going to be going away anytime soon. And I'm literally busier than ever. I've also noticed a huge uptick in different astrological sites, channels, TV shows, tarot card readers, uh, astrology being introduced and mentioned in the mainstream more, whereas before it was a little bit kind of cheesy or you might be made fun of. And nowadays it's various power players in the world feeling comfortable enough to say that they consult astrologers in various systems. So yeah, I feel like people are reaching out more than ever I also unfortunately feel like the psychological barrage of whatever is going happening in the background, you know, what do they say? Don't believe everything you think you are not going crazy. You are really not going crazy. And a lot of the feelings and emotions that we are experiencing as a collective are not personal. These are, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of years of collective trauma and rage over the pillaging and plundering of this place. So it's important too, that we don't distort them and hold on to them much like human design teaches us. Because what I'm finding is much like when somebody goes through their Saturn return or their Uranus opposition, it's like your fingers are in a light socket and you can't make major life decisions under so much upheaval. I feel like everybody's in a bit of a holding pattern. Even all of society has been shut down and in a holding pattern for about a year. And now as people are reemerging, A, they want to create new lives. They do not want to go back to the old, most people, right? And B, there has been so much fracturing in like family and love and friendships Mm -hmm. over this 
mental masturbation of the Tower of Babel that they allow us to waste our precious energy with. You know, I remember a time when it wasn't polite to talk about politics or religion. It was actually that you respected other people. Why would you speak about such deep things and, and having respect for other people's opinions that have nothing to do with your life experience? Uh, but yeah, I feel like now people are also, you know, speaking of a lot of the human design stuff we're going to go into, they have totally disconnected or changed trajectory around their tribes, friends, family, divorces, children, everything, you know, uh, not going to schools, not going to colleges, not going to this corporate family thing. So I also think that people are looking for new family or new people to connect to mm -hmm. because they don't have the old sources that they used to, that they used to rely on the old codependency, all that stuff is done. You know, that tribal channel is finished clearly. Are you seeing this as an actual benefit for a lot of the people that you're talking to? This sort of reevaluation, reassessment, sort of reset of the norms? Here's the issue is I feel like aside from some of the charity work that I do, a lot of the people that are coming to us are the people who have the wherewithal financially and psychologically to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is a certain sector of society. And I think it is very beneficial. I have many friends and women, like we talked about before, who were very empowered by staying home with their children and actually realizing they can make everything work and it would look different than we thought. So also the restructuring of jobs. I mean, Aspen here, you can't get in. There's nowhere booked. Everything's done. There's nowhere to rent. There's nowhere to buy. Jackson Hole is the same. So in these ways, I feel like a lot of people's quality of life has been greatly improved, but much like Aquarius and also the Jupiter coming into this Aquarius like it has been, the billionaires just became trillionaires, but the poor man, the middle class, the people who are rioting, the, my poor friends who actually still have to live in Seattle or New York or San Francisco and are subjected to this insane upheaval, incredible breakdown of the cross of planning. I mean, one of the one of the non-for-profits that I work with here is all about reintroducing felons and people who are coming out of jail back into society. And that's not happening at all. All those services have been shut down, right? All over the country. I don't know if people realize that, but we're now just letting people out of jail and just sticking in a hotel room. They used to get classes. They used to get training. Uh, this is done. All the cross of planning the services, like we're talking about, you can't call 911 and get anything right now in Portland. So it's a year later. What is going on, right? Well, this is a taste of things to come. So I feel like this tools are helpful and we should even be more thankful. I'm always saying, you know, I'm thankful that I'm in the right place at the right time to experience my highest life's frequency because it is very lucky to not be in the wrong place at the wrong time in this game of spiritual frogger. There were tons of people who had the right intentions that went to protests that got their faces smashed in or just had their lives ruined because they just happened to be in the wrong fractal next to somebody whose bomb was about to explode, so to speak, physically or, you know, spiritually. So I feel like it is really good, but I also see that same thing of like, the classes, whether it's intellectual, spiritual, or financial, are only having greater and greater divides. Like, where are the services available for all the children that haven't been able to go to school? Sometimes those were the only meals they were getting. That was the only affection they were getting. 
that's all done. You know, I, I don't, I think these tools are great for us and we should also realize how privileged we are to even be in a place where our Maslow's hierarchy of needs is taken care of to the point that we can sit back and reflect and try to work on ourselves. And that's what I don't like about all this chaos because what happens is we're, what we're going to continue to witness, much like the Holy Book said, the decay, unfortunately, even more of people's mental, emotional, and spiritual state because you can't keep that up if you're literally like running away from bombs and looting and rioting and in a war zone. We're bombing now again. Half the world is literally in an end ending war. So yes, I do think it's very amazing, useful tools. And I think if you have the ability to even hear this or do this right now, you should be also just so thankful for the ancestors or the angels or the guides or whatever, because knowledge is power. and it is more essential than ever, I think, for people to realize where they are so they can navigate through without drowning, basically. Yeah. I think we're seeing that the cross of planning and its breakdown is no longer theoretical. It's actually happening. It's been happening. And so you've got people who are now kind of trying to figure out what's actually true, what's not true, what's up, what's down. There's confusion. We're moving into greater states of crisis. And we can see a lot of this through the planetary transit lens, through astrology and human design, depending on you know what system you're looking at things with. Yeah, it's interesting in the Western, um, speaking of these sort of upheavals, you know, we knew this was going to happen, but this Uranus and Taurus. Taurus represents not only banking, government, land. So there was always going to be these predictions of increased seismic activity, changes around money, the Bitcoin, all that kind of thing. It reminded me, yes, of course, Taurus is Venetian. There is an entire sea change, what we consider attractive Mm -hmm. and also what we consider monetarily or physically valuable. So for example, New York and LA had certain values that it offered which justified the inflated prices or compensated for the other things in city living that aren't so yummy. But if all of a sudden New York and LA doesn't have a bunch of fancy people and ballerinas and restaurants and culture, it is no longer offering the same values or offerings. And now everybody is having mass exoduses to the country for a different value, a different quality of life. 20 years ago, what was valuable, or especially in the 80s, was climbing a financial ladder, being in the scene. This whole shift, uh, as far as even what society thinks is deemed worthy, has totally gone upside down, even in just one or two years. So, And also, Taurus rules food, all the restaurants, Taurus rules beauty industries, all the spas, all the massage, everything that was shut down was very Taurus and Venetian. Yeah. And in the nature of Uranus, it comes in unexpectedly or sudden and it's shocking and just kind of mm-hmm. turns everything on its head. Turns everything on its head. And that's continuing for the next few years. Uh, so I do think we'll see a reworking in the financial system as well as the Pluto return of the United States, you know, which is bringing a huge upheaval. Jeff Harmon just has been doing a lot of recent interviews, great spiritual mentor and astrologer guy. But uh, he was saying that he thinks in the next three to four years, the United States will be absolutely unrecognizable. 
to what it was three or four years ago. And that would include some of these cross of planning things, you know, in my years in Brazil, it's just, it's so different. Even Italy, like, you know, people don't follow the rules in the same way. Stoplights are suggestions in Brazil. (laughs) There's only military police. There's no civil police. So it's kind of a little bit of a chaotic free for all down there. And I remember my friends would be like, Oh, we love to come to America because of all the systems in place and everybody waits in line. Everybody follows the rules. And this is what the breakdown is, is that the regard for authority following the rules, this is all done. The 911s, the school systems, the support things for the government, for the elderly, for the mentally disabled, all a lot of those services have been totally cut back or cut off. So yeah, here we go. That happened faster than I thought. Yeah. I mean, I just remember being like, how can it change so much by 2027? Rock? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think everybody in the human design community is pretty shocked by it, really. I mean, even people who've been around and doing all kinds of analysis for a really long time, everybody's sort of like, whoa. I mean, even what with what Ross said and how things were going to change, I, I don't even think he thought it was going to happen this quick. Yeah, and one thing to touch upon, um, just while it's on my mind, a big part of the rave cosmology is around moving towards um, no longer having children and no longer procreating, especially in the body. And I was listening to Kaipacha and he was just talking about how for the last 2000 years, we've been in this age of Pisces, right? And so the fall of Pisces, the shadow, because all astrology, all human design is that or not, Mm -hmm. the fall of Pisces would be Virgo. And so for the past 2000 years, We have been burning people at the stake, herbalists, uh, doctors, doctors have been persecuted right now. Doctors are still being persecuted. So this fall of Virgo, we've really kind of taken away logic, reason, you know, I, I kind of just see how the medical world became so disgusting and ugly in the age of Pisces. Now that we're going into the age of Aquarius, what is the fall of Aquarius? Aquarius's opposite is Leo, children, willpower, courage, fun, entertainment, affection. And it immediately clicked to me around this thing of, you know, women not getting pregnant anymore. I'm dealing with that hugely in my practice. And don't worry, there are many different ways that you can turn this around. Caffeine is a huge culprit in preventing pregnancy that's not often talked about. But yeah, people are choosing to gestate embryos in artificial settings, you know, surrogates, that's already been around for a really long time. But I think that we are definitely moving towards people not being able to have children due to toxicity, due to the mutation that's going on naturally, and also choosing to not want to have children. Aquarius is very, to me, the total collective global or the individual. That's what works, those two, and there's not much in between. And when I think about tribes, that's very babyish to me. Families, babies, that's very tribal. I think like in that movie, Children of Men, which actually took place in 2027, interestingly enough, the midwives slowly realized over time that there were less and less bookings. And then all of a sudden, it's just too late. There is lots of pockets. There's plenty of people popping out babies. And God bless, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, the male fertility rate is down. There's studies out saying that the male genitalia has shrank. Um, The women that I deal with that have issues around 
endometriosis and all these kind of things, just, you know, the whole procreation scene is really becoming more and more difficult. And so that was a big thing that he was talking about and where that's going to be a totally different world that we move towards, you know, faster than we think, even right now, like this is not a friendly world towards children. What if you're living in a town that happens to be rioting? Your kids can't be outside. This is crazy. Yeah, it's interesting to, to look at this polarity between Aquarius and Leo. And if there was like one sign that I think was representative of the collective in astrology or in the zodiac, it would be Aquarius. There's one sign that was representative of the individual, it would probably be Leo, maybe yeah. Aries. But I think Leo being kind of a full expression of individual sovereignty, and I am the king of my own domain or the queen of my own domain. And if you look at that polarity, one of the things that I see happening out in society is that there is a certain tension to be a little bit dramatic. It's almost like there's a war against the individual. Is that part of what we're moving into with all of this emphasis in Aquarius? I think so. But what's ironic is there's a war against the individual, but it is only through individual empowerment and survival that anybody's going to get through this. So like, what do you think all the billionaires and trillionaires are picking up and going to Jackson Hole and Aspen are doing? They're looking out for their own individual interest. They are not staying in their city because they care about their communities so much or the blah, blah, blah. No, when the flood comes, you are going to run up the hill and you are not going to carry somebody up the hill if they're going to, if they're going to make you drown. Nobody is going to do that. And so it's ironic because it's almost like There's a war against the individual, but it's a facade. That's the inversion. Really, the people who are putting out the propaganda of the war against the individual and whether they're acting under these forces subconsciously or obviously they use these different systems and they know exactly what they're doing and exactly when to release the psychological trauma. That propaganda is being fed by people who are incredibly individualistic. And in fact, that's how they became so successful by only vesting their interests in themselves and their protection of their own little tribe. It's going to be these pockets like we're already seeing. It is a spiritual frogger, right? Like, you know, people got out of World War I and World War II. People got out of all the wars that are going on and A lot of the way that you do that, unfortunately, is through money. Money is freedom. And that's why these same sort of people can keep saving themselves and their own butts and their friends, because it really reminds me of the Hunger Games. Just going to keep getting more and more like that. And also like the wealthy is just getting more and more ostentatious and flashy. And like what's attractive now, speaking of Uranus and Taurus, like this old kind of beauty is no longer attractive in certain ways. It's really interesting, but way more grotesque and gregarious, which I definitely think of as Uranus and Aquarius, this sort of cold aestheticism, but also still very over the top. In human design, we talk about the individual. There's a lot of keynoting that points to this concept of truth. You know, what is the truth? And I think we're in a time where there's a lot of, sort of obsessing and confusion about what is the truth and how do we know the truth and who's aligned with the truth and you know what's which is also very north node in gemini the global north node in gemini with the south node being in sagittarius you know the low side of that sag is that bravado this is what i believe i don't care what you think also huge inflated beliefs but without checking the details right 
So yes. And as somebody who is individual, I think I've always been very melancholy anyway. I think that that's part of the individual nature. If you're sitting outside of something, you see it sort of differently. But I think that that's a little bit of this wake up call is like Harold Kurtzbella put it. It's almost like the world was under an evil spell or we were watching a horror movie and the movie's over now. But just like at the end of the movie, the credits are still rolling and everybody's just processing what just happened. And everybody can shout and be loud and nobody cares. But the movie's over and we're just waking up from this bad dream. I mean, if you really want truth, the truth is this is not the good place. And there's been a lot of really negative energy that has kind of suffocated this realm and our consciousness while we're awake and we're asleep. I think most individuals might already see the world this way, but it is a bit of a wake up call. What is melancholy? Melancholy is kind of sort of realizing the truth of what something is. And that's a little bit deflating and disappointing usually. But if we don't recognize the truth of where we are, if you don't realize you're getting swept out to sea, that's when it's a problem, you know? So yeah, I feel like also moving towards the individualism, um, like Chantax had said, a lot of these tribal bonds are done to like, hey, you used to do this for me and I used to do this for you and we're both at the country club. And now, no, people are scattered across the country or their corporations are dissolved and people aren't shaking on the deal and having to live up to the other side of the deal anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that that's also very individualistic, you know, like it, it's putting your own needs first because in the end, that's all that matters. But that's easy for me to say because I have 27 long. Well, yeah, I think you're directly speaking to this movement from the cross of planning into the cross of the sleeping phoenix where the bargain is breaking down. That was one of the main points of emphasis that Ra always made. What happens when people are not holding up? The bargain when when we're not able to get food into these cities, for example, or yeah. certain assumptions that we've been making about things being in place and people doing what they say they're going to do start breaking down. Whether we're talking about what you were touching on earlier, where you call nine one one and no one shows up, or you know the the distribution chains start shutting down, or you can't get gas <laughs> clean into certain areas, you're basically moving towards a new background frequency where it is going to be about individual survival. Everyone's going to be running around trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I need to do for myself or for my immediate people? And right now it's kind of interesting to look at the positions of the outer planets in the rave mandala. They're all in individual gates at the moment. You've got Pluto in gate 61, gate of limitation, Neptune at the end of gate 22, getting ready to move into 36, which is collective, but we're going from basically this confusion around whether we can be open or what it means to be socially open or to go out or not. And now we're going to be moving into the gate of crisis and then Uranus in gate 24, which is in Taurus, of course, that's this obsession with like knowing and indecisiveness. Mm-hmm. Do we know what's going on? Can we tell up from down and you know, gate 24 is the gate of return. So there's this going back over things, trying to resurrect the values of the past, you know, the mm-hmm. things that worked in the past. And we're saying like, this doesn't really apply now. It's different. The writing is all on the wall there. Yeah. Even uh, going back and forth with like, I was noticing a thing I was reading for California where a lot of the teachers are refusing to go back to school. And then the parents like, no, wait a minute. You're into the bargain as it says you need to go back now. And it's like, well, great. Good luck enforcing it. It's like when you sue somebody and then you win, but you can't collect. Right. That's what I feel like we're going towards energetically. Also, 
one of the greatest, one of my favorite all-time people is David Lynch. And David Lynch, obviously huge proponent of transcendental meditation. You know, the guy doesn't touch substances of any kind for so long. One of his greatest quotes was, not to me personally, but in my opinion, was, um, the hardest thing for human beings to accept is that none of this makes sense. And if you look at a lot of his movies, remind me of almost the ketamine experience or shutting down that frontal lobe and these lingering dark background frequencies, right? That I think most people are doing whatever we're doing and numbing ourselves and dumbing ourselves because there is a background frequency that's kind of like sometimes creepy and not nice. And we want to run away from that. And then we also want to go towards this kind of intellectual future of everything fitting in a nice little packet. And I always tell my clients, I'm like, listen, it's not like you're going to forgive all your enemies and pay all your bills and figure out the meaning of life. And then you get to die. Like, no, it's just done one day. And you're like, no, I want to have that cheesecake one more time. Shit. Like there is no great, like aha moment. I mean, I would like to think there wouldn't be on the other side, but I don't know that mental masturbation and then pushing us. And like you were talking about that defined head that we're having. I mean, it's all great to go over and look at the past, but at a certain point, the river's moving so quickly. Like, you know, like at a certain point, you don't need to talk therapy anymore, man. You need to go and run a marathon and paint a masterpiece. Come on. And that's what I think is a problem too, is there's so much confusion which is not going to go away because of the Neptune and the Mars and Uranus squares. This entire year is just a bunch of squares with Saturn and Uranus. It's going to be like liberation. We want it all. And then Saturn coming down and saying, you can't have it because you came out in the street. Now we're going to smash you. I mean, that's what goes back. Freedom, suppression, freedom, suppression. And it's almost like Doris Lessing, who was one of my favorite authors of all time who did Shikasta, she would talk about this collective wave. Doris Lessing was a king of hearts. She was a huge proponent of the communist movement. She left her children to be raised by other people so she could go be on the forefront of the communist movement. Then she lived to be in her 90s. She said in some of these essays I found so fascinating She was like, there is this collective thought process that happens and we all get swept up into it like fodder in a machine. So she was talking about how in the communist movement, you could be accused of being a communist and that accusation, the value placed on that thought form could ruin your career and destroy your family, right? A mere 10 to 15 years later, the collective thought process and the planets had changed and people were burning their bras and draft cards and flags in front of the White House. It was a total different thing. If you tried to call somebody communist to ruin them in the 1970s, you would have been laughed at. And so she talked about how human beings were kind of like this fodder for the machine. And we get swept up in these political movements and collective ideas and sacrifice our families and sacrifice the one precious thing we have, which is the only thing we have, which is just sitting here being in the now and having our time and energy. And so like all this confusion, part of me is like, damn, I do think that this is a human farm and the crop is emotions. Unfortunately, the crop of fears, NASDAQ is at an all time high, but I feel like they're whipping everybody up so that we're distracted because there's actually all this bitching, awesome stuff happening, really. 
but everybody's like fighting with each other. It's like, that's such the classic tower of Babel. I can't believe that they've got all the slaves fighting each other. We've got cops, very low paid, fabulous civilians who are trying to do a service to society up against the business owners and people who are enraged and locked down. And, and they just get us to take care of each other. And in the meantime, 15 years from now, no big deal. Uh, society has moved on to another collective thought form and you might be in vogue or out of vogue of that. And just how much everybody is lost in the mind. It's just unbelievable to me. You see why these old men go and sit in the Himalayas and just pray for the release of suffering from all sentient beings because this place is a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it highlights something that I, I wanted to make a point about again, which you were talking about, which is that with a lot of these collective themes that are going on, and this is what Ra really highlighted as well, is that we're all sort of victim to the program on a certain level. It's the ocean that we're all swimming in, and it can be so quick and easy to take it very personally. You can think that the thoughts that you're having are your own. <laughs> right, yet, right. It's very likely that the thoughts and even the feelings that you're having are just part of the program. And a hundred percent. It's not personal. And this is what I think I'm stressing more now than ever. And I really want the audience to take away is the confusion is at an all time high. I'm sorry. It's not going away. I remember, I mean, I lived in Brazil for 2012, just in case, you know, cause my open head and I went down all these rabbit holes and that was my fractal anyway. But I remember back in 2012, people being like, okay, it's so intense. It feels so intense. It's going to let up after this point. Right. And now we're almost 10 years later and it's like fingers in the light socket. So we are all on collective ayahuasca. You are tripping. And when you are tripping, no, things do not make sense. And in fact, why do we do things like psychedelics? To change our perspective. But while you're tripping, everything is exaggerated. Sometimes you're just crying. Sometimes things get really spooky. And if things don't feel good when you're tripping, you're sort of like, oh, yeah, no, remember. Remember, Amy, you took peyote. Things were a little bit weird, but we're going to try to make you as comfortable as possible. Put on some nice music. And when you're done with the trip, whether that's in death or if we ever get a reprieve from this intense astrology, I don't know, you have a new enlightened perspective and things aren't as scary or exaggerated anymore. And that's what I think I'm seeing is it's almost like the entire world is going through a Saturn return or a Uranus opposition where everything is absolutely exaggerated. And when you're at a low point, let's say, or even let's just say a thin point or a precipice, the little demons are allowed to come even more like dropping into a 10 foot wave. If you make a mistake, the mistake is more than if you're just surfing a two foot wave. So I just want everybody to know that none of this really does mean anything. And the greatest journey of mankind is trying to figure it out. Who am I? Where am I going? What's the meaning of all this? And it's been fun as long as it's fun. But now we're kind of waking up from this collective movie. And just like sometimes not every little bit of a movie makes sense and people want to debate about it forever. It doesn't have to make sense. I mean, for me, I've got that channel of being in the now and the now and the now. And I feel like people are being robbed of their life experience of their own movie. Mm -hmm. It's almost like we're at this beautiful theater of your own life. 
but somebody has you stressed out. And so you're on your cell phone checking the news. You can't come to see the show you were meant to see because you're down in the streets banging out with everybody else watching a totally different movie, not even in the same theater, really. Not even in the body at all. I did find it interesting that liquor stores and Walmart were open, uh, but you couldn't go to church or gyms or yoga classes. I think one of the one of the big points of this is that if you're out there and you're experiencing some intense emotion, some intense confusion, um, some repetitive pressures that seem to like they'll sort of let up, but then they come back and then they let up and then they come back. That if you're experiencing pressure, confusion, chaos, crisis, heightened emotion, a lot of this stuff is the ocean that we're swimming in right now. But what's our respite? I mean, what human design would point to and what you just said is that there's a respite for each of us in just the health and the presence of ourselves and our own bodies. Mm -hmm. That's why people have been meditating since the beginning of time. It doesn't shut the mind up, but it makes you realize how ridiculous the dialogue is going on up there. And in something like, I'm a huge fan of extreme, you know, hot yoga classes or Pilates or high intensity training. I think that that's the only time that really shuts the mind up because basically you think you're going to die <laughs> anyways, so you're just working on survival. That's really good to put people back in an actual physical survival mode. Maybe then some of the neurosis would get worked out a little, mm-hmm. but even on an energetic level, I was thinking a lot of my girlfriends and clients have started taking up boxing, kickboxing, all these things. And it reminded me of Qigong and stuff as well. Like I feel like right now, you need to be a warrior. And first of all, the battle between good and evil is taking place between your ears. So any thought forms that are not in the highest vibration or resonance are actually alien life forms or little goblins, like from a children's movie. And they just need to be flicked right off. And, you know, it's not really you and you, and you don't need to self-diagnose yourself or go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, what I hear is that you're really talking about individual empowerment. You know, what does that look like? If you're talking about martial arts or coming back to the body or focusing on meditation or what it means to be healthy and work with your own anxiety level or stress response of anything that should be the starting point for me is like, let's start there. Let's start with the, what works for the individual and start with the bodies. But I don't really hear a lot of those messages out there or the type of messages that I'm hearing seem to be offloading that to something outside of ourselves, which for me is directly in contrast with kind of speaking through my design right now. But I also see it as individual inner authority as well. Like Mm. everyone has within them a connection to an embodied sense of truth in themselves. Mm. And, you know, a lot of what we're trying to navigate is a lot of conflicting, distracting messages about what that actually means for people. That's going to be something that's applied on an individual level for each person. But I just haven't heard a lot of messages of individual empowerment out there. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say that the world has been set up to homogenize the collective for a very long time. But there are a lot of contradictive messages, aren't there, John? Which only leads me back to where are we? And why, like all the holy books say, this is the great Maya. This is the illusion. This is not even the true reality. Where does the spirit go back to when it leaves this body and the electricity is done? These things have been the greatest mysteries and also inspired incredible 
movements of society and art and music to postulate what it all could be. And that's fun as long as it's fun. Mm. But now I unfortunately feel like things are only going to get more confusing. There's only going to be more misinformation. They have these deep fake videos. They have so many people being uh, canceled. I think that the issue is that if you follow your own internal authority and your own spirit, you always will be at the right place at the right time. And you won't be subject to these horrors that we are witnessing on a global level. However, just like in any relationship or just like two children playing, it's really easy to be led off into these different directions because the mind tells you something or peer pressure in society, which is also very Aquarian, um, you know, whatever the group's doing, because I don't want to stick out too much, you know, the shadow of Leo. Why is everything set up the way it is, John? This is ridiculous. Everything is absolutely backwards. And I mean, it's been for a long time, but like I said, people are waking up from the movie now and seeing that none of these systems, castles made of sand, and they're really starting to break down and people need to take care of themselves and their family and always trust in God or a higher power that they'll be led to the right place, the right time for ultimate safety and ask for that. People are absolutely ignorant to how the virus, any virus or illness works. If people understood more about parasites, pathogen, and the blood, this wouldn't have happened. But people are not educated about medicine or about detoxification or where their gallbladder is, how it works, how to get stones out of your gallbladder. This stuff has been around for a really long time. Nobody knows this anymore. So I just am really empathetic because I almost feel as if it's sheep being led to slaughter. It's like somebody trying to get some children into a van with some candy. This is not okay. Why aren't we empowering health? But this is where it's going. And that's also another thing too, is we have to step back and be a little bit less involved if it means that we would have to sacrifice ourselves. I'm not going to go to a war zone to go help because I believe that staying in the video game here as long as possible is the whole point and keeping and elevating your consciousness as much as you can. And so doing that means you want to stay alive. That's why this life extension, all the stem cells, there's technology that we are because we are going to stay around and see it. The next 10 years, there's going to be medical technology because of the Western astrology as well, that is just going to blow our socks off. They're already putting in mainstream news, things about med beds, UV light, ozone therapies, stem cells are more readily available now than ever. So once again, if you're in the right place at the right time, at the upper cream of the crop of that echelon of this ocean that we're in, there's going to be amazing advancements available as well that we're not, you know, those leaps and bounds are incredible. But if all of these things are available and have been for a long time, you know, one just has to beg and go back to that spiritual question of where are we and does it even matter? And how can I make the most of this experience in a loving, positive way and enjoy it, enjoy being embodied?
they say ghosts hang around, right? With where people are eating, drinking, and having sex because they miss being embodied. They miss these. The physical incarnation was kind of like winning the lottery. The main, my main point would be we, as silly as it sounds, we have to get back to the basics. We have to get off of our screens. We have to be more embodied now than ever. Um, doing things like martial arts and exercise, like the more that I feel in my body and safe and like I could react in a split second decision, the safer I feel with the impending chaos in the background frequency. We can't just stand here in fear. I'm not going to feed the fear goblin. If I'm feeling scared, I want to look at why am I scared and then empower myself with skills so that that doesn't seem as scary anymore. And I think that people really have to get back in their body, back in their mind and also stay, you know, the stimulants thing. I mean, hey, I'm a big fan of coffee and all kinds of stuff, but the stimulants, you know, it's anger and man, it, this is a stimulant culture. Go, go, go. Right. And that's, I think, adding a lot of gasoline to the flame of this neurosis and constant worry and what's true and what's not. And I need to know as fast as possible, you know, and even like in the design that open route now. Right. Everything as fast as possible. Yeah. And, and on that point, what we're seeing in the just now transits for human design is a lot of root activation. So if people have an open root in their chart. They're going to be experiencing an increase or an amplification of the pressure. If you have an open solar plexus, a lot of these transits are happening through the emotional center. So there could be a lot of mm -hmm. emotional reactivity, impulsiveness. We've got Uranus at gate 24, like we mentioned, which is bringing in this potential for that head definition and head pressure. So this is the background field that we're seeing from the transits. I think one of the things in the midst of all of these more collective forces, I think one of the things you're pointing to underneath this is that I think there can be this deep sort of mistrust of individuality and individual empowerment as though if everyone had access to individual empowerment, then we'd all just be selfish and look out for ourselves and not care about anybody else. You know, I know we're seeing this in the way some people are certainly handling money and finances and resources. But I think if we look at it from the perspective you're talking about, if you're talking about empowering people to get in their bodies, to trust themselves, to take charge, take responsibility for their own health, to be present in the moment and to be aware, you know, as you're encountering your life moment by moment, that there's a lot of individual empowerment that actually leads us to have a net natural sense of how to empower other people and care for and support other people. So I think this is a strange sort of mistrust that's part of the program too, that if people are individually empowered, they're not going to care about anybody else. But I think if someone is really healthy in their bodies, aware and feels empowered in themselves, you're going to naturally find ways. You're going to naturally feel moved to support and help and empower the people that you come in contact with moment by moment. And that's something that could be very natural and doesn't require any rule enforcement. Yeah, that's also, I mean, exactly what you said. That's the big scam, guys. And that's the story of like my life or any Leo placements. We're scared to break away from the tribe. You know why people fear the individual mutation? Because people selling apples don't want to upset the apple cart. But guess what, kids? The fucking apple cart's gone. There is no more apple orchard. So you're fear of that self-empowerment is leading people to this neurosis or, or thinking, hey, if the flood comes, I'm not healthy and fit enough or I don't know the path to escape it. 
And I find it interesting as well that like you're talking about the self-empowerment. I, you know, I also have a Leo, you know, Leo 10th house. And it's so funny that the big joke and the big scam is that they've got us all nitpicking at each other and keeping the bar really low. Mm -hmm. Like there's this great meme, right? And I have, and by the way, can we just make a side note? Have memes not been, speak of the good side of Aquarius, <laughs> one of the best, most creative, incredible <laughs> philosophical art forms. Like I just look at memes and I think, oh my God, everybody's like secret desire as a childhood collage artist is coming out in these great ways. But there's this amazing meme. And it's these two birds in a cage and the door is open and the one bird is flying out of the door and out the window, in fact. And the other bird says something to the effect of, oh, another loser going off into the void of nothingness because that bird's still in the cage. And that's what the individualism reminds me of. And that's what I think also people are waking up from the scam. Like one thing too, people like to make fun of it, but there's all these like lifestyle brands and influencers. A lot of people, those people are my clients and stuff. And there's a lot of coaches and stuff coming out. Great. There is a fractal for everybody. And I'm really seeing people empower themselves in individual ways that we used to like make fun of, or we used to make fun of astrologers or, oh, she's a life coach, yoga teacher. Well, guess what? Now that chick has an amazing life and is actually really helping people because she empowered herself individually. Now she has it to give to others and has inspired others. I think we've gotten to look at some of this light and shadow of, of these different aspects of what's going on. And you, you sort of alluded to there being, there's a bright side and that the bright side is, is a bit hard for us to see at times in the midst of what's going on, but I would love to hear how you frame that, what the good that you see that can come out of what is happening right now. And also how that leads into some of the work you've been creating recently. So one of the ways that I'm seeing people really be empowered is through this entire shift in Uranus Taurus values around work. So, so many people are able to be entrepreneurs, work from home, spend more time with their families. And this is also allowing people to structure their day-to-day -day lives differently. I think I'm noticing a huge uptick in clients and interest creating schools sort of like you guys do. Because also people are having more free time to sit there and go, what's next? And how do I want to think about my future? And that's the thing. Religions, science, philosophy, they give us these ways to think. And that's what's changing and becoming outmoded or outdated. So I think, much like the Kali Yuga would state, these days, the veils are very thin. We have access to information that we would have never been able to touch before. And so by empowering yourself to educate yourself, I feel like more people than ever are waking up. All it takes is one little piece of information to help them shift the way they interact with their family, make their life infinitely better. And I feel like even though the lockdown, it took away a lot of freedoms, it allowed people to recreate these little mini environments and actually take a look at it and say, how do I want to recreate it? Okay, if I'm homeschooling my kids, then actually we're all doing yoga and having tea and taking a walk before we start class. And you weren't doing that before. You were rushing them off. You were sitting in traffic. So there's all these different ways that I feel like now more than ever, which is very Aquarian and Uranus, 
this whole idea of this Gemini North node reevaluating the details to make sure that we're not just riding off on our high horse. I think people are able to recreate their reality now more than ever. Women are able to go and say, oh, I'm going to sign up for this course because all of a sudden her life has more flexibility or friends are able to relocate somewhere different with a better quality of life. So there is a lot of positivity, but yes, I feel like you really need to uh, really go out of your way to search for it, right? Because there's also a lot of finding out what works and what doesn't right now, because it clearly hasn't been working and we really need to like adjust the rudder. Well, I don't know if it's kind of like opening a whole nother can of worms, but we did talk about children. And I think that might be an area where there are some interesting rays of light and some interesting shifts that we're seeing. And I know you had mentioned that you've been doing some more readings for children recently and looking at children through this modality as well. So I would love to hear what you're seeing in kids. First of all, it's been wonderful. I've, I've enjoyed working with children for a really long time. But at different points in my life, I've just been busy with all the the big babies like ourselves. So there's been a big uptick recently, I find, with the homeschooling as well, right? Because I'm dealing with the parents. The kids have more availability. They're not being shuffled around to every social thing and busy, busy, busy. So the kids are having more downtime. And so I've been doing a lot of kids lately, even like, let's say, nine, 10 years old, definitely a lot of teenagers going off, but the nine and 10 year olds have been fascinating. First of all, they're learning astrology off of TikTok and there's TikTok videos and they're like, oh, I know my sun, moon and rising because I follow this TikTok. I like literally had goosebumps on my whole body. I'm like, this is the high side of the age of Aquarius. And so, you know, I literally just had this beautiful girl the other day, a great friend of mine's daughter, and she's 10 years old. And she already knows a lot about her astrology. We pulled up her design. It reminded me of intellectually where a normal 15 or 16 year old is. And that's where I think a lot of these kids are. They've accelerated at a totally different rate. The technology has all been part of that. I think that they are more lost and confused and depressed than ever. Obviously, this was really difficult emotionally and socially for a lot of them. But I also find that, you know, they come in with these totally non-judgmental little brains. And so it makes a lot of sense to them. They're like, oh, yeah, my dad has a Capricorn moon. So I know he can't express his emotions to me. Dude, that is a really positive insight for a 13-year-old teenager to have so that she's not wanting to like emotionally destroy her father. There is a certain amount of understanding that happens even through this intellectualism, however silly it might all be. Another thing that we had talked about privately, but I do want to just say, and speaking of the rave kids coming in, So I myself can personally say that I have experienced four families who all had children later in life, 30s and 40s. So they took the genetic tests and they were all told that there was chromosomal mutations and advised to not have the children. The children would probably have Down syndrome. All four of those children that I personally know are 100% healthy, happy, and perfect, and very good looking, in fact. There's nothing wrong on a genetic level whatsoever. And, you know, I experienced that like 15 years ago. I would say that the genetics are mutating in an incredibly powerful way, whether we truly understand it or, or not, and we're just not 
being honest about it. Like we were joking. It's like, oh yeah, we mapped the entire human genome. No new news. Oh yeah, we cloned sheep 20 years ago. No new news. So I don't know what they know or what they don't know, but uh, I do think that there is, and we should start to question, it'd be interesting if any of the listeners have data or experience around, yeah, these, these new genetic mutations that are actually detectable scientifically, but when the kids come out, I mean, they're, they're, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Is it just the new raves, the new DNA? And are we calling an entire new mutation of species of what could be possibly beautiful, perfect children out of the fear of genetic mutations? Yeah, it kind of feeds into a lot of the themes of this whole time in general. There are mutative things happening and we may not be able to predict exactly what they mean or the science or the typical or the expected outcomes are not necessarily what we may think they're going to be. I think it's an unexpected time. I mean, that's very Aquarian too, right? Mm-hmm. So Well, and Saturn and Aquarius too, this would not be a great year to be making uninformed scientific experiments. I literally just saw something in the news that uh, human rights groups are upset because China has all these human monkey hybrids. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You know, my open head used to go down to all these fascinating, it's also fascinating, but at the end of the day, I think one of the greatest gifts of human design is, does it even matter? If it's fun and it's interesting, it's good, as long as it doesn't become fear porn. But I will say around these children, children are more interested than ever. I'm finding parents being able to, and being willing to use things like therapy and these great tools to get their children sessions you know, I've experienced working with children for many years anyway. So I think that helps. You guys have kids. I think that helps, but I think that we should think about that and bring something to the table and start to focus on that more because a lot of my work has always been with families. The parents wanted to know the kids stuff anyway. And then we're stoked to see these dynamics or let's say, you know, the kids emotional and the both parents are open emotional and it's boom, they immediately get it. And then they don't detonate that bomb every time. I would encourage these tools. And I do, I see a bright future. I mean, I feel better than ever. You know, I, I remember thinking I have so much Pluto and all this heaviness in my chart. And I was like, I guess it's like the background frequency is catching up to what it felt like to be me anyway. You know what I mean? Like, like it feels really, really intense, but a lot of people that have come to us or that are on our fractal, they've got intense charts. And so I feel like in certain ways, we're just catching our glide, man. Like this is great. You know, this is life is getting better and better and better. And just pray every day. Imagine that frogger game. You just really always got to be willing to see the overhead set coming so you can do something about it. We can't make these monster waves go away energetically. We can actually have a hell of a lot of fun with, right? I mean, just like with little children, we got to just make the best of whatever situation we're in. And a good way of making the best of things is finding the joy, creating play. Any day that we're safe and comfortable is a huge blessing from God, especially right now. And so we, we have to keep going towards that and going towards the light, man. This is why we came down here. This is the, this is the MVP. This is not the minor leagues, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like in the midst of this astrology, human design, some of these, maybe what were more esoteric forms of knowledge and and also modalities that bring in more embodiment or more 
personal awareness are becoming more popular and in some ways more accessible at lower cost, you know, with the way that things are being promoted now, I think it's becoming a lot more commonplace for people to learn about these things for themselves. And I know that you've been working on something because there are a lot of people out there who may not just may not want to, or have the time to, or be able to process how deep the details can go in some of these systems that there are some very simple access points that can be really practical. I know that's something you've been working on. Can you share with us what you've seen that can be helpful to people in a really simple way? Yeah. So basically with my open head and my one, three bumping around, I was sitting there thinking I had all this 10th house Aquarius and Jupiter stuff, Saturn. What could I do to ground into reality some useful tools so that I can show people how to work with their limitations, what works and what doesn't? Now, the Western astrology, human design, they're very complicated. They're amazing. They're like learning a language or music. It's never ending. But lots of people, like you say, are coming in for the very first time and they're having some time on their hands. Uh, We were talking about how in certain ways it's nice because maybe 40 years ago, corporate America kept it secret that they were working with astrologers. And nowadays things are much more free and open and it's not as taboo. I also think that's part of that fall of the Pisces into the Aquarius. We're not like allowing religion to dictate every single thing of what's valuable and what's not. Yeah. I said to myself, what can I ground in? What are the tools? If somebody's just coming into astrology, what can they learn? And a lot of times with Western, they learn their sun sign X, Y, Z. And I'm like, wait, no, no, no. If I were only going to take three things that you could dip your toe in based on your birthday, I would take these three things, put them together, and that would be a formula I'm calling the birthday matrix. And these are three simple things that show you your strengths and weaknesses. But one of the great benefits of these three calculations is that they're only based on your birthday. You don't need your time and you don't need the place. These three things and calculations that I think are the most important and useful is A, your destiny card, which obviously we talk about and have talked about on your show before. The 52 card deck predates the tarot. It's a birthday calendar. So your particular day has a card. That card shows you strengths and weaknesses. That's number one. Number two is your Jupiter sign. This is also based on just the year. So you don't need the time and place. You can look up anybody's Jupiter sign, and that's going to show you Jupiter, the Lord of abundance, travel, philosophy, where you can find the little drops of honey, the little good luck signs. What can you embrace in that sign to make more money, have more success and happiness? And also what's the shadow of that? And then the third calculation, and this is always what I tell people, if you're going to study anything about astrology at all, my humble opinion is actually the most important thing of Western astrology is the North and South nodes. And I find that people find those fascinating as well because they touch upon past lives. They touch upon skills that you already developed so tremendously that we need to put them on the back burner. That cake is done and we want to work the opposition. And the North node is based on just your birthday and year as well. So all three of those put together to me would be three simple steps to see your strengths and weaknesses and get you an introduction into astrology. So we've created a matrix and you can look up those calculations for yourself and just get the intro to the ebook. Or if you want the customizable e-report, I have put together my interpretations of all of the 52 destiny cards 
as well as all of the 12 North nodes and their opposing South nodes and all of the 12 Jupiter signs. And you will have my special opinion after over 10,000 readings of what keynotes that you could pay attention to, to cut through the miasm of all this nomenclature and language so you could actually get some real use out of all of this mental masturbation. Could you give us an example of do you have one off the top of your head of how you might read a North node position, a death yep. cards, and then the Jupiter sign? Okay, John, I'd like you to be the example. Keep in mind, I'm going to be 2343ing this off the top of my head, but people will be receiving several paragraphs that are typed out quite eloquently about each. So first of all, to start with calculation one, John's destiny card and his day is ruled by the five of diamonds. So five is the number of travel, change, and restlessness. Five's benefit through having constant change, meeting new clients, or traveling through work. Five of diamonds is called the seeker of worth. Diamonds is not just about money. It is about values. So John is somebody who's here to try out many different things. And even if he throws away 10 of the 12, the last two that he ends up with, he's prolific in because he's able to synthesize all of that. Human beings are five. We have five fingers. We look like a star. Five has the stability of four, but wants something more. It is travel, change, restlessness, and dissatisfaction. Many amazing artistic geniuses are five of diamonds. And I believe it is through their spiritual restlessness that they ended up where they did, including David Byrne from the Talking Heads is a five of diamonds. Kate Blanchett is a five of diamonds. Henry Mancini, Dustin Hoffman. It's an incredible dynamic person. And they would benefit from being able to have the freedom to taste many different things and then see which one aligns with them the best. So there's your five of diamonds, your destiny card. Then your North node and everybody right in your year has a North node in Aries. So if the North node is in Aries, that means the South node is automatically in Libra. So many of John's past lives have been focused on maintaining peace, harmony, cooperation, and supporting other people a husband, a secretary, a manager. John has an amazing gift for being the support person, seeing both sides of people's situations and being very diplomatic into coming to a resolution, which also reminds me of your projectorness. So that Libra muscle is now complete. In this life, we need John to learn to put himself first. So any way that John can embrace learning about himself, Aries, physical activity, entrepreneurship, anything technical, surgery, computers, science, hands-on technical, that is going to balance John out. Now, it doesn't mean that John can't have clients. Clearly, he's very gifted at this. He's a master of Libra, partnerships of all kinds. But what ends up balancing him and giving him the greatest joy is learning what he wants and where he'd like to go and blazing a new trail so that he can have a new place to lead his clients to or to lead his loved ones and friends. In the past, John was comfortable with letting other people be the leader. And also, I will say in this life with that Aries North node, getting in touch with healthy anger. 
So I always, and you are a very peaceful guy, man. You've got a super shanty vibe. So like, I would be like, Hey, you need to go to one of those like death metal concerts. And you know what I mean? Even though it's not what comes comfortably, of course it's not just like my arms aren't as strong as my legs. So I don't do chaturanga right. But the very thing I need to do is the push-ups so that I do it balanced. So we would focus on a lot of the positive things around Aries to make money and watch out for that Libra. And then the third calculation is your Jupiter sign, which for you, your Jupiter is also in Libra. So that's interesting. So there is a opposition there. Think of that as family, friends, and obligations sometimes get in the way of your career and money. And so learning to balance those two things is a big part of the life's challenge. But when Libra would be in Jupiter, you know, I would literally say to these people, you're, you're going to make money with anything to do with, first of all, beauty, women, decorating, design, clients of all kinds, being a mediator. Uh, there's even specific colors that you can wear that will enhance this. Um, so the opposite of Libra is Aries. So one of the things that I would say is that we would want you to go into partnerships, even though you kind of think you need to do everything alone in order for it to be done right. This is why it's so important for people to actually have real readings with somebody who can talk to you about what's going on. I've had so many people who have like bought a book or bought a report and then they read two things like I just read to John that are totally conflicting. And I have several of these in my chart too. This does not negate your success. But it's like a pot of soup. One is the potato, one's the mushrooms. They serve two different purposes. You can look at the high side and the low side of both of them. But that's why it's so important. Like they say, a little bit of information is a very dangerous thing. So your best career moves is all about doing what you love, Libra. What's adventurous, what's satisfying, and does it serve other people? So if you have the Libra Jupiter, your actual luck comes through other people. That's very projector-ish. It also says luck comes to you best through what you know. It's not really ever about your reputation. It's really about you having that Aries backbone of something nobody can ever take away. So you could go into a business the partner goes, you would still end up retaining the name of that business. You, luck comes through, not your reputation as much as what you've created, like a projector too, being careful that you're hanging up a sign for the right crowd, right? As a musician, you wouldn't go to a punk rock bar and sing them jazz. So that is very much this Libra Jupiter too. Are they the right clients? Are they the right people? Because that can make or break you and your luck. But yeah, it does say that, you know, you want to put everything in a balanced perspective and sometimes um, avoiding competition in career is good. Luck comes to you through being tolerant of other people's point of view, even if that's not what you end up acting upon. Yeah, a lot of that resonates. And I think what you're saying about the polarity between Libra and Aries isn't so much a contradiction. It's just adding more subtlety. And, you know, there's a little bit more complexity to it, just like our lives are. And for me, pretty on way of approaching this. The ebook is really about the simplest way to understand their unique path to success in this world or prosperity. How yeah, I would say we'll focus on love, but it's almost like how to access your luck. And I would think about it like, think of it as your aperitif into astrology or human design. Like here's a few things, very fun, 
very light. You could buy it for a loved one and it's not going to feel like they're thrust into some deep philosophical journey of Alice in Wonderland with Rosie. You know what I mean? I am focusing a bit on money career. Those are a lot of the questions that I'm getting with my Leo Midhaven. One of the things that I try to do is see what people ask me for. And a lot of people ask me for things like astrolocation. So then I started studying that deeply. People ask me a lot about the career. So then I'm like, okay, Midhaven is also a wonderful career calculation, but you need the exact time. And I already feel like so many things around the Jupiter would help add additional tips there as well. So yeah, yeah, I think that the focus is how do they find their luck? How do they end up in the right place at the right time so they get that perfect wave and don't end up in the washing machine? And the problem is just like our own tendencies, our own past life habits, the ocean is always trying to pull you into the impact zone exactly where you don't like to be. And that's why the North Node or working with some of these systems have been helpful to me because as opposed to judging my vulnerabilities or weaknesses, it's almost like, hey, I have really strong leg muscles. We don't want to chop my legs off. I just want to work my arms out to be balanced, right? So if you can look at these quote unquote negative aspects or personality traits that you have, and you can even on an intellectual level go, oh, okay, because this was in my past life. So I was a soldier and everybody's out to get me all the time. So in this life, I come in not quite being able to trust. Even if something helps click in your mind with that, that you're able to move on and let go. I think that's really important. One thing, speaking of the human design that um, Ra always said was about the PHS was if, if you're operating correctly with your diet and your PHS, all those old stories about your childhood and the trauma go away because it's not on a cellular level that you're identifying with it anymore. And that's what I feel like sometimes the gift of these North nodes, or even just reading about your destiny card, because sometimes it literally does say things have happened to you at ages five and six that caused you to retreat from trusting other people completely. And it's like, whoa, hundreds of times I've said that to the person because of these particular birthdays. And it was true. And it helped them kind of depersonalize from it. Feel like a lot of what's going on now is once again, my favorite word, but that mental masturbation where people are rehashing the past and all the injustices and da da da. And it's like, dude, it's over. We're just beating a dead horse. We need to move on from this. So in these tools that I'm offering people, it's like, Hey, sure. You have an Aries North node. So keeping the peace and supporting somebody else and waiting for somebody else does come easier to you. That also makes you a very kind, gentle, considerate person. So let's focus on building up that muscle of getting in touch with your own desires and needs and healthy anger. And I will say, even the work that you're doing, John, you know, that's very Aries North Node pointing out in society what is no longer working and let's do something about it. We can't be complacent. We can't just straddle the fence. It's not working anymore. So I totally see you embodying that Aries North Node. And they say that we go towards our North Node in, you know, 40s and 50s. Yeah, makes sense. Well, cool. Thank you for that. That was very interesting and was helpful personally. And is it an ebook or a report that you're putting out? How can people find you and what should they expect? It is a customizable e-report. So it has two parts. The first part is my e-book. And it's just a little book talking about what these three calculations are, my experience in astrology, how it's helped me in my own life. And then the second part of the ebook is 
your own customizable e-report. People can just read the original e-book and then look up the charts themselves, which will all be available. Um, eventually, that's going to be for sale, but in the beginning, I'm giving it away for free. And then if they're intrigued, they can order their customizable e-report and that will be written. So it'll be available via email or if they want printed out and sent to them. Perfect. I think it's really helpful to have these entry points for people. It can be a lot to digest or it can be frustrating if you don't have your exact birth time or you don't have exact data to work with. So this is something that can really give pretty much anybody an entry point and something simple and practical to play with. So thank you for bringing that. Yeah, I'm so excited. Cool. Really, really cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing just the, what you see and all that you've synthesized and everything that you're learning and, and seeing in the world. It's really a gift. We love talking with you. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are so great. Thank you, Rosie. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming back. So good. Thank you for listening to the Human Design Collective Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please review us and share. You can find us at humandesigncollective.com and explore our course and workshop offerings at courses.humandesigncollective.com. Music for the Human Design Collective podcast is courtesy of Anders Parker. For more information, see the show notes. And please stay tuned for more upcoming episodes on the same channel. Feeling